well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and we're going to be talking about a couple of free states on the program today. The state of Missouri and the state of Texas, where Governor Greg Abbott has made it official, signing both Second Amendment uh, sanctuary laws and constitutional carry into effect uh, on Thursday. That ceremony held at the uh, Alamo in uh, San Antonio, Texas. There's a, a look at the governor, uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, uh, and uh, other lawmakers uh, and Second Amendment advocates uh, uh, on scene there as the governor signing uh, multiple pieces of pro-gun legislation uh, into law in the Lone Star State. So let's run down. Uh, the bills that Governor Greg Abbott has signed into law here. First of all, uh, House Bill 1927, that is constitutional carry. This will go into effect on September the 1st. If uh, individuals are able to legally own a firearm, then they can legally carry a firearm. Uh, no license to carry will be required. That is uh, good news. Uh, this does apply to individuals 21 and older, so I uh, would not be surprised if we actually see a, a litigation filed in the state of Texas challenging that particular provision. Uh, there is another amendment to the Texas constitutional carry law that uh, allows for police stops to take place uh, simply because somebody may be carrying a firearm. I would expect that provision to be challenged as well. But uh, overall, this is a great bill. It is a big step forward for the Second Amendment, not only in the state of Texas, uh, but around the country as well, Texas becoming the 21st constitutional carry state. So almost half of these states in the country now, no license is required for you to carry a firearm. You can both keep and bear arms without getting a government permission slip. That is as it should be. Of course, 42 states uh, have what we call shall issue right to carry laws, including those 21 constitutional carry states. You can still get a concealed carry license in the state of Texas or Arizona or uh, any of the other constitutional carry states. It's just that it's not required for you to carry within the boundaries of that state. You want to carry in another state, well, you're going to need a concealed carry license uh, that is recognized by those other states. Uh, so that that's where we stand right now. 42 states shall issue, 21 of those states, constitutional carry, and just eight states left in the country that have these discretionary may-issue laws on the books that allow law enforcement to decide who's worthy of exercising their constitutional right to carry. And of course, uh, New York's may issue carry law being challenged at the Supreme Court. Oral arguments in that case going to take place in the fall. And uh, fingers crossed that the Supreme Court uh, delivers a smackdown to these types of uh, uh, laws in place in places like California, New York, Maryland, New Jersey, uh, Massachusetts, and a handful of other states. Uh, now, in addition to constitutional carry, as I mentioned, uh, Governor Abbott signing uh, uh, legislation that makes Texas a Second Amendment sanctuary state. House Bill 2622 uh, basically says that the uh, state and uh, its political subdivisions will not cooperate in the enforcement of any new federal gun control laws. This is very similar to Missouri's Second Amendment Preservation Act, which was signed by Governor Greg, uh, Brad Parson last weekend. And the Biden administration is firing back against that uh, new Missouri law. In fact, uh, they have sent a letter to Governor Brett Parson and uh, Attorney General Eric Schmidt warning them that they cannot void federal gun laws. Well, that's not what the Second Amendment Preservation Act does in the state of Missouri, and it's not what Texas' new Second Amendment Sanctuary Law does as well. They don't void these federal laws. 
there are some states that have considered legislation that that would try to, in effect, nullify uh, all enforcement of federal gun control laws, including by federal authorities. Those, I think, are legally challengeable. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but uh, that takes 10th Amendment jurisprudence a step beyond where it currently stands uh, at the Supreme Court. Laws like Missouri's and uh, now the Second Amendment sanctuary law in Texas, on the other hand, I think fall squarely uh, within the bounds of existing Supreme Court precedent. The uh, Biden Justice Department says that, no, 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 the, 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 this law in Missouri uh, violates the uh, Constitution's Supremacy Clause. This comes from uh, Acting Assistant Attorney General Brian Boynton, who also argued in this letter sent to Governor Parson and Attorney General Schmidt uh, that the law, quote, threatens to disrupt the working relationship between federal and local authorities, uh, noting that Missouri receives federal grants and technical assistance, basically saying, you know, uh-huh, be a shame if something were to happen to those uh, federal grants there, right? Here's the problem, and we talk about this uh, at BarryAndArms.com today. The Supreme Court has ruled in a number of cases, not all of them dealing with the Second Amendment, that the federal government cannot compel states or localities from enforcing uh, federal regulations or federal laws. You, you, you can't try to block the enforcement by federal law enforcement agents, but you don't have to cooperate either. Uh, in a case dating back to the 1990s, Prince versus the United States, Justice Antonin Scalia uh, found that a requirement, an amendment to the uh, Gun Control Act of 1968 that required county sheriffs to conduct background checks on all gun transfers, violated the Constitution, violated the Tenth Amendment by, by forcing law enforcement agencies to conduct federal government business. And the Supreme Court said, no, you don't have to do that. So. I got to say, I mean, I think the Biden administration is on really thin legal ground here uh, in attempting to argue that Missouri's new law uh, violates the, the Constitution. Uh, and I'm very curious to see what they do with the new Second Amendment sanctuary law signed by Governor Greg Abbott today. Will they send a similar letter to Governor Abbott and Attorney General Ken Paxton? More importantly, will they follow up a letter with litigation? Will they actually try to sue to block Texas' new Second Amendment Sanctuary Law, Missouri's Second Amendment Preservation Act, and other states that have passed similar legislation this year? Will they actually try to block these laws from taking effect uh, by litigating this, by, by going to the courts? I kind of hope they do, honestly. Because as I said, I think that they are on very flimsy legal ground here. Uh, and I'm sure that... Uh, Governor Greg Abbott, who's up for election in Texas next year. Attorney General Eric Schmidt, Missouri, who is running for the U.S. Senate seat that is uh, going to be vacant. Uh, Roy Blunt stepping down, and that election is next year. I'm sure that these officials will be more than happy to square off against the Biden administration in court over these measures that are designed to protect the Second Amendment rights of residents of the state of Missouri, the state of Texas. Do not try to block or inhibit federal agencies from enforcing whatever federal gun control laws they can uh, pass, but again, demands that state and local law enforcement do not cooperate with those federal agencies. The Biden administration, again, throwing out the supremacy clause argument, makes no sense to me. Now, look, I, I will admit, I'm not an attorney, but 
We already have a situation in this country where more than a dozen states have already legalized the recreational use of marijuana. Many more states have legalized the medicinal use of marijuana, despite the fact that it is still illegal to possess under federal law. Neither the Obama administration, the Trump administration, or the Biden administration has said anything about that. They have not tried to sue these states and you can't do this. What about illegal immigration? State of California back in 2014 passed a sanctuary state law that basically uh, it's the it's the illegal immigration version of a Second Amendment sanctuary law, like the one in Texas or the one in Missouri, telling state law enforcement, telling local law enforcement in the state of California, you cannot cooperate in enforcing federal immigration laws. For the most part, there are a couple of narrow carve outs, as there are, by the way, with Missouri Segment Preservation Act. But for the most part, The state of California forbids law enforcement agencies, either state or local law enforcement agencies, from cooperating with ICE in enforcing federal immigration laws. The Biden administration hasn't issued a warning letter to the state of California. As a matter of fact, they did quite the opposite. The Biden administration back in April rescinded a Trump administration rule that um, restricted federal law enforcement grants from going to the state of California because of its sanctuary state law for illegal immigration. The Biden administration said, no, you can't do that. We're not going to punish these uh, law enforcement agencies or the state of California just because they've decided not to cooperate with ICE and enforcing immigration law. And yet, when it comes to federal gun control laws, the Biden administration taking the exact opposite stance, uh, implicitly threatening the state of Missouri with the loss of federal funds if it continues to... uh, Uh, pursue or try to enforce the Second Amendment Preservation Act. It is a double standard, a clear double standard by the Biden administration. Not surprising that the Biden administration is taking uh, one point of view when it comes to things like illegal immigration and another when it comes to legal gun ownership. Uh, We're going to keep our eyes on this, however, because uh, I suspect that this letter to the governor of Missouri is just the opening salvo uh, from the Biden administration's war on the Second Amendment sanctuary movement. and. We'll see what they do with the Lone Star State here in the days to come. But congratulations to all of the Texas gun owners who really worked their rear ends off this session. I mean, this was a great session for gun owners in the state of Texas. Remember, Texas only meets every other year, and they meet for about 140 days. So it is always a mad scramble to get anything done. Uh, so in one session, to get constitutional carry, which was really not even on the agenda of Republican leadership when the session began, Second Amendment sanctuary language. Uh, And there are a number of other, I would say, smaller Second Amendment bills that also passed this year. This was a great, great session for gun owners in the state of Texas, and they should be applauded for all of their hard work, their dedication, and their activism uh, in advancing the cause of the right to keep and bear arms, not only in Texas, but again, for gun owners all around the country. All right, now let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day. Our recidivist report will uh, start there with a case out of San Francisco. Yes, a uh, sanctuary city for illegal immigration. I don't believe it's an illegal immigrant uh, arrested for stabbing a 94-year-old woman on Wednesday. Uh, But it was an individual who apparently uh, well-known to law enforcement officers. According to uh, NBC News, um, this uh, uh, individual... Uh, 35-year-old Daniel Couch is facing multiple charges, including attempted homicide, elder abuse, committed a felony while on bail or release and probation violation. 
Yep. Police say that uh, the victim in this case, 94-year-old Ann Taylor, suffered multiple stab wounds, was taken to the hospital. They say she is expected to survive, thankfully. And authorities say they used a photo to identify Couch as the suspect that came into custody uh, shortly after the stabbing. Uh, Couch has run into trouble with law enforcement multiple times, according to uh, NBC Bay Area, including five arrests last year alone on burglary charges and one arrest in 2016 on a homicide. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, Couch was released from jail by a judge earlier this month uh, after he was arrested on May 18th. Prosecutors had requested that Couch remain in custody while awaiting trial on burglary charges, but a judge denied that motion, and he was released on June 7th. Uh, and then just about a week or so later, now facing charges of attempted murder for allegedly stabbing a 94-year-old woman, while, by the way, he was wearing an ankle monitor. Yeah. So once again, we see the uh, soft on crime approach in San Francisco is not working. Uh, thankfully, again, the uh, the latest victim of violence in San Francisco is expected to survive her injuries. But, you know, honestly, because this was a stabbing, I, I, I don't expect that most of the media is going to pay much attention to this. This doesn't fit the quote unquote gun violence narrative. Uh, most of the media doesn't really care about the soft on crime approach taken by uh, the DA there, uh, Chesa Budin, and now clearly uh, judges on the bench in San Francisco as well. So I, I expect this case, sadly, to uh, to quickly vanish from even the local headlines. But uh, we'll try to follow up for you however we can. Uh, meanwhile, today's Armed Citizen story from New Orleans, Louisiana, where a, a driver prevented a carjacking thanks to his legally possessed firearm. This from uh, WWL-TV in New Orleans. This was on uh, St. Charles Avenue. It was Sunday evening. According to the New Orleans Police Department, a driver was uh, near the intersection of St. Mary Street and St. Charles Avenue. It's about 540 in the afternoon, broad daylight there in New Orleans. When, uh, according to police, 44-year-old Quinn Massey opened the passenger side door, hopped in the seat, and implied that he had a weapon. The uh, police department told the Times-Picayune newspaper that the driver then grabbed his own gun and explicitly told Massey to get out of the car. Massey was uh, later arrested. Attorney General Jeff Landry Said earlier this week, carjackings are on the rise in New Orleans and across the state. Said carjackings have actually increased more than 120% compared to the same time last year. That, uh, by the way, is the case in a lot of cities around the country. In fact, at uh, Bearing Arms on uh, Wednesday, we reported on a woman in Oakland, California, who was the victim of an attempted carjacking. She, too, was able to defend herself thanks to the fact that she had a firearm. A 16 year old would be carjacker. Uh, was shot and killed in that attack. Carjackings in Oakland up by more than 100% this year as well. So it's not just a matter of keeping and bearing arms inside your home for self-defense. Clearly, there are risks of becoming a victim of violent crime that extend beyond the, the front door of your house. And your right to bear arms in self-defense doesn't end at your property line. It is your individual right. It is not a property right. Something that, again, the Supreme Court will hopefully weigh in on uh, later this year. Finally today, our good deed of the day, also from Louisiana, Minden, Louisiana, where an off-duty officer was in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to help a man in crisis. This was uh, Wednesday night, actually, about 11 p.m. The Minden Police Department got a call about a man on an overpass uh, over uh, Interstate 20, who was reportedly threatening to jump. 
Uh, Sergeant Hackett and uh, Sergeant, uh, uh, or excuse me, Sergeant Hackett and Officer Smith, first on scene, they briefly closed the interstate. They saw the man straddling a concrete barrier, yelling that he wanted to kill himself. The officers were able to convince the man to pull one leg back over the barrier, but he refused to move anymore until Lieutenant Takia Whiting Harrison arrived. She was off duty at the time, but she was still there on scene less than 10 minutes after the initial call came in. Officials say she was able to calm the man down, convince him to move away from the edge of that overpass. They were then able to take him into custody so that he could receive uh, the medical treatment that he needs. The Minute Police Association says that Lieutenant Whiting Harrison is a well-known and respected school resource officer who regularly goes above and beyond what is expected of her. They say this time her efforts saved a life. So again, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Uh, thank you to Lieutenant Takia Whiting Harrison of the Minden, Louisiana Police Department. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Um, normally, we take Fridays off. I, 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 I'm not quite sure that that's going to be the case. You know, we had that technical snafu earlier in the week. So um, I'm going to try to be back with one more program this week uh, tomorrow. If we're not able to get that done, we'll be back on Monday. Don't worry. And in the meantime, you can always uh, get the latest Second Amendment news and information at BearingArms.com. You can also become a VIP member of BearingArms.com. All you got to do is go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNS. You'll get 25% off of your membership. That'll give you exclusive access to commentary and analysis you won't get anywhere else. And it does help support programs like Bearing Arms, Cam & Company, which is why I kind of want to Give you guys another show on Friday since we missed one earlier in the week. All right. You have a fantastic rest of your day. We will see you back here soon. But in the meantime, be well, be safe, and be free.